Hello and welcome to the Common Good Podcast, the podcast that showcases the very best of Glasgow Caledonian University and how the institution, its staff and its research benefits people and communities, both at home and overseas. My name is Craig Telfer and today I am delighted to be joined by Nathan Tagg to talk about the work of the Caledonian Club, GCU's award-winning initiative to widen participation and engage with schools and communities across Glasgow and beyond and how this is the embodiment of the common good. Nathan, thank you very much for coming on to the show today. Thank you very much for having me. The Caledonian Club is very well known across the university. I think it's one of the flagship initiatives actually of GCU, but for someone listening that's never heard of it, what is the Caledonian Club? The Caledonian Club is one of the widening participation initiatives within the university. So we sit within the outreach department uh, and amongst another, a number of different teams. The Caledonian Club is just, it was probably one of the initial ones within the university. We are based within the university, but we work across five Glasgow communities and we've had a long-term model of delivery. And so we have been working since 2007-8 was the academic year that we started. And we have been working with pupils as they progress across their learner journey. So what's the youngest age then of people that you'll start working with? So uh, the youngest group that we work with is our nursery school pupils and we work with the school leavers. So that's the sort of four school five-year-olds that are, are just about to progress uh, after the summer break, they are progressing into primary school. So a pretty young age to get started started with. And then what's the oldest then? Presumably that's uh, fifth and sixth years, people who are looking to perhaps uh, go into further education. Yeah, so I mean, from a, a secondary perspective, yeah, we work right up until S5, S6. So, and you know, we're working from nursery through to S5, 6, but we also work with parents and family members. So the age, there isn't a particular restriction on age. The majority of our, our work is done at school age from, as I've said, nursery through to secondary, but we have worked with grandparents, aunties, uncles, you name it. We, we are, are open and willing to get involved. So what kind of stuff do you do with them then? It completely is dependent upon <laughs> the age group that you're working with. So if we're discussing uh, work that we're going to do at nursery versus the work that we would do at the end of secondary school, the approach taken is going to definitely differ. But if we're looking at nursery, I would say it's very much an opportunity to bring them onto the campus, work with their parents or their carers, um, or even an auntie or uncle, whoever's attended with them, and kind of a bit of demystification around university, bringing them onto the environment. It's a, If you're a nursery school, people think about the size of a local nursery, maybe to yourself, and then coming onto GCU. And we're a small campus, but for if you're a nursery yeah. school, people, it is absolutely massive. So we would be bringing them on and introducing them to students and introducing them to university and sort of adding that as an element of their discourse. Like they can talk about being to a university. Whereas you progress through into primary, you might find that we are uh, aligning ourselves with some of the sort of class topics. So what are the school looking at within a particular year? And then we are using some of the expertise and the knowledge within the university and kind of building upon that and developing a project around that or trying to address an issue, a potential something within the attainment gap. So that could be like our literacy program at primary two, where we would be uh, working with P2 pupils that have identified need for the, uh, additional support or right up into the secondary where it is 
really focusing on that next step, that positive destination. Where is it that you want to go? How is it that you can achieve that? And kind of how can we support you along that process? It really sounds like the Caledonian Club, as we mentioned, it really does sound like it embodies the university's mission for the common good. I, I might be biased, but I, I would definitely be uh, taking that position as well. I, I think it is one of the best examples of the common good work that we're doing. It is, if you think about the communities that we work within, five across Glasgow, if you're looking at the secondary schools alone, three of them are small secondary schools and the two larger ones are still not the largest scales within Glasgow. So if you were looking as a university of going, this is solely something that we are doing for altruistic gain, it's what can we get out of it, you would say you, you, you might need to take that further and go, we're just going to focus at secondary school and we're not going to be looking at all these different ages and stages. But the university has had a commitment, as I said, since 2008, and they have been working within these partner communities with nursery, primary and secondary and really supporting the different initiatives that we do, the, the programme of the Caledonian Club. And it doesn't mean that they necessarily progress to GCU. That's brilliant if we have that opportunity. But if you're working with somebody that you've started working with in primary and they progress into secondary and, and they don't want to come to you uh, or want to come to GCU because the course that we offer or they, they're looking for isn't available here we're still trying to support them to that positive destination. And I think that is a real sort of the common good element of it. it is not just about what is in it for GCU, it is what's GCU able to do within these communities and the impact that we can have. What's the reception like then from the pupils and the children that take part? And of course, their parents, what, what do they think of the Caledonian Club? Uh, well, they would obviously be giving you the, the, the best answer for that, but like, the feedback that we get is, is very positive, and that can be feedback from parents themselves, it can be pupils, or even the school partners that we have, the head teachers or, 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 or the teaching staff. If I'm if to give an example, sort of the, the one I most like to reflect on is relating to at the primary school stage, where I'm sure you'll be aware of it and many of the staff across the university that the student mentors that deliver a lot of the work that we do are, are synonymous with the, the red hoodie that yes. kind of identifies who they are. And the head teacher that we were speaking to within one of our primary schools was speaking about the sort of impact that it has when they see the red hoodies within the school. And that as pupils progress through the different primary levels, they are excited about uh, accessing a level where they get the Caledonian Club visit. So as part of their sort of start to the year, this uh, head teacher used to say, you know, you're in primary five this year. And one of the exciting things that you have looking forward to is that you're going to be working with the Caledonian Club. So we get a good reception. It doesn't mean that uh, on every, uh, every pupil that you engage with is, is singing and dancing, but the, you know, on the whole, we get a very good reception and we're welcomed in. And I think that's a sort of, again, an example of the sort of the partnership work that we do. We know what the Caledonian Club is, but let's talk about who makes up the Caledonian Club. And we'll start with yourself, Nathan. What is your role within the team? I'm the manager of the Caledonian Club and I am... But a small part of it and we have the main facilitation of projects is done by my team um, and that would be I have Shona Aris 
who's one of our development officers, and she leads on our literacy programme. I've got Gabrielle Reed, who is another development officer who works predominantly the other primary work that we do, but she does support different, different areas at secondary as well. And I've got my secondary, my senior phase lead, which is Patricia Anderson, who's then come from a teaching background and then works closely for our mentoring programmes at the S5 and S6 level. And they, whilst are part of the Caledonia Club team, they are supported by our student mentors, which are an essential part of the GCU outreach work in its entirety. But again, specifically with the club, we literally could not do the work that we do if it wasn't for the, the student mentors that, um, that, that work as part of the Caledonia Club. We've been talking for about 10 minutes, Nathan, and certainly something that is abundantly clear is just how enthusiastic you are about the, the Caledonian Club. It, it, it really sounds like you thoroughly enjoy and believe in what you're doing. Definitely. Like, I, I mean, I, I think we should all be grateful and thankful about the work that we get to do in general. Uh, however, I, I've had jobs in the past where it would be harder to find those bits to shine <laughs> upon and, and wax lyrical about, but the Caledonian Club is a remarkably rewarding uh, uh, role to be, uh, uh, for me, it's a very rewarding role that I have within it. Uh, I think the diversity of the work that we do, the fact that we work at the different ages and stages is a, a really unique component to the the sort of approach taken from by, by GCU, the communities that we work with and the pupils that we get to see, the progression that we get to see them make. Prior to joining the Caledonia Club, I had considered a, a primary teaching mm. and, and I always enjoyed working with a younger age group. But working, what was a surprise to me was the sort of enjoyment and, and, and benefit that you can get from working with senior phase pupils where you're working with them as they're trying to sort of narrow down what it is that they are wanting to do and how they can achieve that. Or the ambition that they come with sometimes and the fact that you're overwhelmed by how driven somebody at 17, 18 is and what they're wanting to achieve and actually getting to be a very small part of that process and helping them to, to, to get to that destination also great when I get the chance to have them come to GCU and then taking them back out as student mentors. But to be honest, yeah, I, I love the work that we do. I'm very grateful of the team that I have and, and the communities that we work in and the university that we're a part of. No, definitely. That's, uh, that's great to hear. Now, prior to us recording this podcast, you sent over a, a list of projects that the Caledonian Club had been working on over the past. And if we were to go through them all, we'd probably take about 30 minutes just, just talking about them all. Is there any ones in particular that you are especially proud of? Oh, my, this is sort of picking favourite children here, <laughs> which becomes a, a challenge in itself. I mean, there, I'd probably select ones from different ages and stages to try and give like a, mm -hmm. a sort of taster across it. I think at primary, if you'll allow me to select two of areas, course, of course. Um, I, I would focus on the the literacy programme and the work that's being undertaken there is um, something, a newer element in the sense of it's not been with us since the start of 2007-8, it was 2015-16 that we introduced the, the literacy programme and it's grown since then. But the fact of trying to work specifically with 
pupils that are in need of additional support and, and, and whether that's building their confidence in their own ability or helping them with something like phonics or tricky word, um, I think that area of support and that approach taken to it um, is something that I would really sort of say stand out and something I'm immensely proud of. An element of it that I really enjoy as well is the fact that we utilize alumni as part of the mentoring. So we have our usual undergraduate student mentors, but we also have voluntary alumni of the university who come back and give us their time and go back, go out into our communities and support pupils with their with the support. So that's our P2 literacy program. I also just just because of my own interest in some of the topics that we get to cover, I really enjoyed our STEM project that we've be, delivered over the last few years. We've always engaged with primary five, but the, the approach taken is slightly different, and we introduced STEM element, uh, the STEM project, uh, which Gabby leads on, and it's something that I really enjoy getting to see pupils engage with a topic and where possible drawing upon expertise within the university. For example, we had the COP26 this year and even being able to sort of speak about the Centre for Climate Justice, like read different elements that we can, I think that's a really nice uh, and entertaining project that captures the imaginations of pupils. And then it's a really good way for them to engage with their student mentor and engage with the university. It's secondary. I, I definitely think actually I would go towards the, 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 se the senior phase stage and the S6 mentoring program that we do. And again, I kind of touched on it earlier in the, the, the fact that getting to work with pupils, either in a way that you're trying to help them identify uh, their destination or that you're supporting them to achieve something that they very much had a driving ambition to, I find that really rewarding um, and I think it's something that is really useful. The pupils do give us good feedback from it. The schools give us good feedback from it about the support that we're able to give them at such a crucial juncture for, for, for pupils. It's brilliant listening to all this, Nathan. And it really sounds like it's a, a no-brainer that, that other universities, not just in Glasgow, but across Scotland, across the UK, should be doing. Do you feel as though that other universities are, are doing the same sort of outreach work that we're doing here at GCU? Every university will be doing outreach work. Do they necessarily do it in the exact same way that GCU does? No, I don't think they do. If we look at the sort of outreach department as a, as a whole, the sort of work that we do, but every university will be doing, uh, will be doing outreach. The sort of focus that we've had at the youngest ages is something that previously will have set us apart from other universities, but we have seen a growth in that area in more recent times. And I think that's maybe even an element of that's testament to the fact that we, we were a bit ahead of our time at that point and the fact that we were willing to put uh, the resources in to nursery and primary uh, pupils when a lot of work has previously adopted the approach of like, let's look at who's going to be able to come to our institution and how do we help them? So we're working at the pointy end of the stick right. and we are uh, trying to support these pupils that have the, the ability to go to university, but might need an additional support. So yeah, we, we, we as an institution, I think collectively take a very unique approach to, and I think it's something at the heart of the university 
and again, that's another reason why I'm proud and enthusiastic about the work that we do. And that unique approach, certainly, as we mentioned at the top of the show, has won the Caledonian Club numerous accolades for its work. Can you tell me about some of the awards that you've won over the previous years? So the, we have won some the, uh, the Times Higher Education Award, there has been a Herald Society Award and the uh, a Business in the Community Award. So they're they just some of the ones that come to me sort of off the top of my head. And again, this is a, you know, this is a very nice thing for us as an institution and as a department and, and team to, to receive it. It's like that sort of element of recognition for the work that you do. It's not why we do it, but it is definitely something as an institution and as a team that we, we, we get a lot of pride from when, when we are successful in it. Now, like so many organisations around the world, even the Caledonian Club will have had to change the way it works and it operates since March 2020 and the onset of the pandemic. Given that a lot of your work involves going into classrooms, a face-to-face -face contact with, with pupils and young people, how have you adapted? How have the department adapted to this uh, quote-unquote new normal? Thankfully, whilst you can see me, this is going as a podcast and they won't see the level of grey hair that I currently have. <laughs> but yeah, the, the, the pandemic has definitely sort of created challenges. And the in, in, initial phase when everything was, schools were shut down, there was that turmoil within the school sector of how are we going to do just the day-to-day, the, the, -day, the essential component that we, we have to be understanding and be like okay realistically we are at the side but as we sort of returned back into sort of school engagement but we weren't able to directly go into the school we've had to be unique in the and sort of creative in our approach we have through the initial lockdown we continued our senior phase engagement because we were already working with those pupils so the essex mentoring and our unifying mentoring we continued, we did phone engagement, we um, sent communications and information by email. I have to take my hat off to Patricia Anderson within the team who adapted her approach, working hours just to ensure that if she could have a one-to-one -one pupil and it suited them in the evening, then she was available to do that because she wanted to, you know, she, she understood that these pupils were suddenly getting far less support and guidance than they would normally be receiving so we didn't want to take those elements away so that the senior phase work continued right the way through it was initially just by phone and email and that uh, and that sort of um, level of communication but we used then the summer period to develop a, a host of online modules so that we can support that the uh, the pupils with that, those as well. These talk, cover a whole range of things from, you know, researching universities and courses, writing personal statements. What do I do when I get a response from UCAS? Looking at things like funding and scholarships and trying to explain. And actually for us now, pre-Omnicron and pre-Christmas break, we were back in school doing some face-to-face -face element. We were, we were continuing to use the, the online modules as a supplementary activity because actually we realized there was benefit in having some of the, the information. The primary work was a, 
a different approach. Initially, primary schools themselves within our communities really struggled to engage with a lot of the pupils. So we weren't able to do anywhere near the same amount of engagement that we would. We started off at primary two and sent out like a, a book resource bag. So linking into sort of the work of our digital book project and the literacy program, trying to send some resources and activities that pupils could do so that they weren't, there was no pressure on them. Everything was contained within the bag and they, get, they, they were able to kind of, uh, everybody had it, had the same resources available to them. And then once the pupils got back into the classroom, Gabby started working with them through the uh, Microsoft Teams and getting projected into the classroom and doing different activities. That started off on the very simple basis of doing a, a, a reading comprehension task, so taking a book, breaking it down into different components and short little 20 minute sessions into the classroom where they got to kind of engage with it and learn a little bit more about it. And that was developed with uh, our school teachers uh, in partnership. As our confidence grew at digital engagement, we kind of got a little bit more ambitious. So by primary five, we then, and the fact that we had COP running in 2021, we were really interested in trying to marry up our STEM project with COP26. So we were able to kind of develop a, develop a project using the digital delivery, as well as sort of sending out hard resources to the classroom so that they would have stuff in front of them that then Gabby would lead them through. And we took part, that was over three main blocks with three sessions in each block. And it was engaging with primary, well, they started off in primary four and five and then ended up in primary five and six because it was over the summer period. And that was ambitious. Um, and something that was well received by the schools and it given us another sort of, as we potentially face more disruption at the moment, it's given us a, a confidence that you can use the digital element as a resource. Nothing takes away from the benefit of taking our student mentors in and delivering stuff face to face, but being able to deliver and engage still using the digital platforms it means that we're not missing out completely, which I think is essential. So with that in mind then, Nathan, and of course there is still a degree of uncertainty about what we can and can't do as variants change and mutate and, and, and so on. Do you have any upcoming projects with the Caledonian Club that you're working on? Yeah, well, so we have a couple of different things at this time of year. So our unified project that we would normally have started slightly earlier in the academic year we, we'd held off with the hope of delivering an on-campus element uh, at the start of February and um, so we are working with that hope in mind and whether or not that is able to, to, to come to fruition we will have to wait and see given the slight fluctuations and then at the end of February into March that would be when we would normally start our primary two digital book project this again we are kind of development at the moment consists of a plan a b c and d <laughs> so that you can kind of like alter different elements of it and whether some of it could be face-to-face -face if it's just a single staff members able to go into the school or would we be able to take mentors in or is it going to be something completely online so uh, up and coming is our digital book project or engagement with primary two classes 
and the uh, start of our Unify, Unify uh, programme, which was hoping to kind of do subject tasters on campus. You work with five partner schools in Glasgow. Do you think there's a point in the future when that could perhaps be expanded to six, seven, more? So we, we work with five partner communities. Ah, beg your pardon. Community, we've got uh, a secondary school, which then would have one of the feeder primary schools in it, and then a feeder nursery into that primary school. So in total, we have 16 partners that we work with and we have a 17th that we work with on one project at the primary five level so they don't get we've only done uh, the primary five engagement we don't work with them at every element so in total we have 17 schools that we are nursery primary and secondaries in their entirety that we engage with but the the essence of your question of is there a time where we could do stuff in this in mo with more in the future i would be I, I, I would be hopeful that we could progress to that. Like, I think there is a need to do more, the, uh, whether that's restricted to more engagement at secondary or more engagement at the primary level, trying to sort of build up whether within the learning community or just spreading yourself wider uh, across Glasgow. I, I think the impact would be positive and it would be a real step change and progression for the university and for the Caledonian Club. But I understand it's a challenge and there's resources attached to that that uh, might influence it. Nathan, that was absolutely excellent. Thank you for your time today. It was absolutely phenomenal to talk to you. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. I'd also like to thank everyone for listening to today's episode, and I hope you can join us again very soon when we'll be catching up with another member of the GCU community to talk about more of the fantastic work going on across the institution. In the meantime, please subscribe to this podcast. You'll find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and pretty much everywhere else, so there's no excuse not to. And while you're at it, please leave us a five-star review. So until the next time, I've been Craig Telfer, and this has been The Common Good Podcast.